Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Okay, we got to talk about it. I want to get other people's opinions on this because mm. you and I had an argument today, which isn't uncommon because you're wrong so often. Um, we had it. We had it. We had it. We had an argument. And part of the argument was you made the statement. Are you doing this? You made the statement. Every joke has an element of truth to it. Mm-hmm. Every joke that a person tells, every joke that I tell, and clearly every joke that you tell by your own admission has an element of truth to it. And I said, I categorically reject that. I do not believe that that's the case. Now, many of the jokes that we tell do have elements of truth. That's one of the ways we deal with uncomfortable situations or failures or whatever. But I do not think that every joke, I do not even think that most jokes, that certainly that I tell, have an element of truth in it. Mm-hmm. For example. All right, go ahead. When you get done preaching, I will frequently tell you, great job, good job. But sometimes I'll be like, that sucked. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. There is never. And an, I go home and cry. Yeah, well, because you're a baby. Um, I'm trying to toughen you up. But there is no element. And that's one example. And it's an easy example mm-hmm. because obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do not think that. So do you want to reconsider your position on this? Or are you still saying like, no, I think like every joke that you tell, there's truth in it. So like when you say like like on the phone today, you're like, oh, no, 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 you've you only wasted like 10 minutes of my time. Like, go ahead. Like, what, go ahead and tell me more. Uh, so I'm supposed to say like, wow, I, he actually feels that I have wasted his time to some degree. Why, why are you doing this here? I'm just asking. I want I want I want to no, 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 well, why, why are we doing this? Because, here? well, you know, like we, we asked uh, we did an interview with uh, Dr. Tommy Kidrock. Oh, you know what? I just checked. Yeah, he began. He just began following uh, the podcast on Twitter. Yeah, and then I went right. and looked at mine. And there's no notification. Oh, he is your uh, Tom Askell. No, no, no. Tom Askell doesn't follow me, but he follows you. No, no, no. But then I went and looked. He already had been following me. Okay, good. My joke in that all access means nothing now. I I don't know who follows. I mean, I don't check. I don't check. I just, I kind of always assume people are not like anyone. I just assume people are. I just like that. In First of all, by the way, guys, we're going to play a clip. Uh, of that interview so you can check it out yep. that, that, that was for our all access members yep. we're going to play a good clip of it so you guys can see what you're missing on all access and, and get to hear from uh dr thomas kidd brilliant guy oh he just he just uh tweeted out something oh what'd he say uh <laughs> it's actually really good <laughs> okay when on doc and devo podcast night we'll post when it goes up was trying to explain my musical taste to joe thorne and jay fowler so here's turnpike troubadours guys <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a link to uh uh, their song. All right, good deal. Yeah, good deal. Fun. All right, I got to share that with Jen because she likes that country garbage. Um, anyways, Tom, no. here's what he said though, because you brought up like you wanted him to settle the issue, mm-hmm. and he settled the issue. The issue that you wanted him to settle was hmm. when Jimmy shares a meme with me. Mm-hmm. You guys, over, you've all heard this. When Jimmy shares a meme or a link or an article with me that he derived joy from, and my response is, "Yeah, man, that's awesome." I already saw you that. Never, you don't. Okay, not never. You d- sometimes you say that. Yeah. Other that's times, always, but no, that's no, always no. the feeling. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I other never, times, I never, other I never times say, you say, other times you just say, saw it. Okay. First of all, if I say it sarcastically, it's because you guys have make, make such a big deal out of me saying it. By, so let's by you guys, it. you're talking about Steve McCoy and I. Yeah, you and Steve. So, uh, yeah, the two dumbest I, people no, I know. No, no, no. Okay, I brought fine. a witness. Yeah. And, and my witness has bore truth that you're rude. Perspective, not truth. Truth. Because you're Dr. Rude. Thomas Kid Rock backed me. Who likes country? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, he, he did lose some points. He on lost that. a point now. Yeah, <laughs> I okay. have no idea. He's like, he's like, yeah, I listen to country. I was like, huh, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Not all white people listen to country music, Jimmy. Oh, okay. really? Yeah. Oh, no. 
some of us listen to you know metal. Yeah, and okay. and, and it's on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, a lot a lot of people listen to hip hop that are white. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just not just because it's country isn't a thing. All right, fair, fair. So, so hold on. Now, why don't you go ahead and introduce? Oh yeah, the okay. clip, and then I'll I'll we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll cool. add the clip. Why don't you introduce it? So here, here's the thing. Uh, we, the reason we wanted to get Dr. Kidd on is because John MacArthur recently, uh, in one of his sermons in January, made a, a, a few statements that were curious. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, curious to say to say the least. And uh, of course, people were taking one sentence out of a a lot of thought and putting that out there. And that looks really bad when you just look at that one sentence. And the sentence was, no Christian with half a brain would say, we support religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Taken by itself, that might be the dumbest statement of the month. Um, but but he didn't just make that statement. It's in a larger context where he mm-hmm. was making a particular point. And I do think he's misusing the words religious freedom uh, because that's generally understood in a certain way. So we wanted to talk to Dr. Kidd about religious freedom and the role that Baptists played in the establishment of religious freedom mm-hmm. in this country. So we went ahead and we got Dr. Kidd, mm-hmm. Dr. Kidd Rock, as we like Dr. to call Kid him. Dr. Kidd Rock. On to talk about that. Man, I got to be honest. I'm pretty proud of that yeah. conversation because he happy. was just, just coming on, letting him do the talking mm-hmm. and getting some some straight truth, really good stuff. We talked about Isaac Backus being the ugliest Baptist of all time. <laughs> um, did he say, I think he said that. I don't remember if he said that or if I did. Some, <laughs> one of us said it. Either he said it or I I'm pretty sure it was you. I don't <laughs> um, but here are some, and what are we going to share it, Jimmy? So, yeah, we asked him, uh, uh, are Christians confused about religious freedom today? Right. Like, do we have an improper understanding mm-hmm. today? Uh, and you know, he, he also then kind of talks a little bit about JMAC, not much. Yep. Uh, and then we kind of get into just a, a touch. Cause you made him <laughs> on theonomy. <laughs> you got him on theonomy. Just under theonomy. Okay. Cause we're talking about religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Feel like you kind of got to touch theonomy there. Yeah, you do. And so, uh, here is Dr. Kid Rock's, uh, thoughts. Okay. So Tommy, as, as you look at the church today, then, um, are Christians confused about religious freedom today? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're confused partly through no fault of their own. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, th- I think that, that the American government and other governments have taken, in some cases, uh, a pretty radical view of separation of church and state, uh, meaning that you cannot have uh, any kind of religious symbolism, even of the most modest kind, right. or speech in, in, in public life. I mean, I, I was just talking to somebody recently. Uh, who was an employee at a public university who was told to put uh, Christmas uh, decorations down, take them down from her door, hmm. right? I, well, that's not what the, the founders, right. even somebody like Jefferson, that's not what he had in mind about separation of church and state. Right. Hmm. Uh, you know, the, the you know, rigorous absence of any kind of religious references, symbolism or rhetoric from public life. And so so to the extent that separation of church and state has started to connote, well, you can't have, you know, a, a manger on the courthouse square or something like that, then it becomes, uh, you know, it takes on bad odor, I think, for a lot of Christians yeah. about, well, this is not 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 what we want. And, and I and I get that. And so I think as often happens, you have you know, on the secular left, you have a kind of radical action that precipitates a radical reaction by believers 
and, and so believe, some believers might be given to think, oh, well, separation of church and state, that's just what the secular left wants. Right. When it turns out that, you know, Baptists in particular were some of the most important uh, pioneers of the whole idea of separation of church and state. You could say that the Baptists were the OGs of, they, they uh, were. of, of uh, separation of church and state, right? They were, absolutely. <laughs> um, so let, let's go back to what, what uh, J-Mac was saying, at least our best understanding and what we, what we try to understand him to say. I was actually talking to my small group about this last night. Um, and so we, uh, we were kind of exploring this. I told them I'd be, we'd be talking to you and that they should, you know, we'll, uh, want them to listen to this and all that. But isn't it, can't, like, we can do, two things can be true, right? You can be for religious freedom and against idolatry, right? Well, I think you should be for religious freedom and against idolatry, <laughs> right? Right, but but I mean, you know, are are we going to should we be hankering for the state to get involved in calling the shots about what's idolatry and what's not? I mean, that that's yeah. the but but you know, idolatry can't be countenanced within the church, mm. right? But 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 I mean, we we also don't want to you know go the theonomist route and right. and have. The government make those, and especially right now. I mean, if, if, if I mean the government is showing inclinations about routing out idolatry, but mm. that, but you know, to them, idolatry is often, you know, pretty close to the same thing as worship of the one true God. Yeah, pure and undefiled so, religion. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, so so th that's exactly why you you don't want the government to get involved with this because soon enough they'll they'll start persecuting. A true religion, and they might they might persecute some false religion uh, too. But but you you just you you don't want the government to get involved with that. So when you talk about theonomy, and I, I know we've used that word a couple times for Steve McCoy because he won't know what that he word means. He he's confused already. He Tom. graduated from the Billy Graham School at Southern Seminary, <laughs> so they, they ain't doing anything over there. <laughs> Billy Graham. I was a, I was a school of theology. So yeah, 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 he was a Billy Graham. School. Ah, that makes a mm -hmm. lot more sense yeah, right now, now. You understand? Now I get it. Like how. What what is theonomy? What constitutes a theonomist, and what what is it that they're going for? What's their what's the agenda? Well, I, I mean, I I think that there's the the actual number of theonomists in in America is is sort of pretty small, but right. but I mean, they, you know, the idea would be that the church itself would uh, take the initiative to impose, uh, you, you know, not not just uh, behavioral uh, law that so so the church for instance is going to advocate for uh, pro-life laws that that's not theonomy because right. because uh, all law has a moral basis and sure. so it's perfectly understandable for for Christians to want uh, a, you know as much biblical law reflected in American laws as as possible but but that you would go further and and have a very close partnership between the church and the state and so that the state gets involved uh, potentially and this could take different uh, uh, versions but the state could have an official denomination that mm -hmm. it promotes mm -hmm. and funds through tax money the state could could police doctrinal beliefs yeah. uh and 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 i mean that that to me is i mean you know we obviously our faith uh is is in, uh, wrapped up with a kingdom uh, but but we're waiting on the king to establish the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're not we're not 
we're we're not given to you know be policing doctrine and think, things like like that. We do in the church, uh, but we don't use the state to do it. I just want to say I'm not going to argue slippery slope here, but oh, but slippery but slope. I'm not I'm not arguing slippery okay, slope, yeah, slippery but slope. I'm not. No, I'm not. No slippery slope. All right, here we go. But here's the slip. But <laughs> if you allow for a um, a state sanctioned religion, and let's just say it's Christianity. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's say Moscow, Idaho. If you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, people <laughs> um, has their way. And here's a slope. Okay, so what's what's the most dangerous, offensive, criminal act? Is it murder or is it heresy? I mean, heresy is dangerous. Heresy can lead people to hell. I mean, and so. I understand why people who have a state-run religion would say, like, well, heresy needs to, I mean, not only are you arrested, you may be you may be suffering capital punishment for that stuff because you're sending people to hell with this stuff. Well, I'm sit- I was sitting here as you're talking. I'm like, oh, that's an extreme, Joe. That's an extreme. But I'm <laughs> but... pretty sure Tommy's got some examples of martyrdom <laughs> that I asked him about a little bit ago <laughs> to say that that's, that's yeah. historically been yeah. uh, how it has played out from time to time, correct? Oh, for sure. I mean, well, and dating back to the, you know, the early church and doctrinal debates and so forth. You know, sometimes if you ended up on the losing end of that stuff, you get your head locked off, mm. you know, about doctrinal issues and heresy. Right, right. Yeah, man, you got to you got to check it out. Um, so I, our all access people have already heard it. We released it on Tuesday. Um, so go ahead. And if you want to support the podcast and you want to hear the extra stuff that we're doing, uh, that's how you do it. You go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access to get that stuff. Jimmy? Mm-hmm. All right. We talked about it in that all access po- uh, episode a little bit. Um, we're, we're experiencing some discouragement. Mm-hmm. And like today, I'll be honest, today, last night and today, super discouraged. I would even say depressed. Yeah. I was down. And I was thinking about I could, it. Yeah, I could tell because you're being, never mind. Maybe a little baby. I was going to make a joke and I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I, jokes are what encourage me. Yeah. Go ahead. Make the joke. I could tell how much of a baby you were when you got so defensive on our call today. That that hurt, dude. I don't know why you would say that. That's not fun at all. I, like, I thought you were going to build me up there. Um, so, you know, I was discouraged and and I, I, I couldn't find a good way to tweet about it without making it about me. I, I, I really wanted to just say, hey, everybody, I'm discouraged today and it's okay. Uh, we're all discouraged. Yeah. Well, a lot of us are discouraged right now for different reasons. And... I thought like Jimmy and I were thinking like, why don't we just talk a little bit more about discouragement, about how it's manifesting itself in our lives, itself in our lives and, mm. and why it's not always a bad thing and sure. how we can start to kind of deal with it. Well, yeah. So, so yeah. you're, you're discouraged and you we're seeing people that are discouraged. What's running through your mind? Um, so I think for me, the discouragement really comes out of uh, dealing with maybe unmet expectations and, so part of that then is uh, I think when others have this viewpoint or thoughts on what the ideal situation is and why are you not there? Right. And again, there's some like there is an aspect of like, OK, everyone could always be doing better or anything like that. But sometimes it's unfairly put upon you. Sure. Right. And, or unre- like I said, I used unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets discouraged. I yeah. get discouraged because like because I think for all of us and not, not I'm not even only referring to those in ministry because right. this is 
this is, I think you could find in the workforce, um, in your family, in your family, mm -hmm. like, can't you like, do you not see everything else? Right. You know, like, do you not see like, and maybe, maybe it's unfair. Like how could they see everything? Right. It depends right. on who it is and what's going on. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I get discouraged. It's like, well, I don't know where to go from here. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know where to go from here because I can't necessarily meet those expectations. So then what does that then mean for the relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the way that I think about discouragement is sometimes it's fair and you should be discouraged. And sometimes it's not fair. Like you're talking about yeah. when it's like, what are you going to do? And I know like in the workforce and like, Jimmy, you run a company. It's a, it's a lot of employees. Yeah. And uh, if somebody is failing to do their job and you say, Hey man, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. I'm watching. You're not doing it. And they respond with, hey, man, I'm doing my best. <laughs> I, tell, I tell them, do my best. Yeah, you, you do my best. It's do not, my it's best. not your best. Do that's, my best. obviously not working. So sometimes it's warranted. And, but when it's not, it's and, and that's discouraging. And it should be discouraging because we need to step up our game. And that's oftentimes true of pastors and elders mm -hmm. or people in families like husbands and wives. Yeah. And so but even in the midst of that, though, right. In, let's just use this example. Right. Uh, when someone says, you know, I'm doing my best or it's it's not attainable. Mm -hmm. Well, then the proper response for me as an employer mm -hmm. is, oh, well, then let's let's review this together because maybe I'm missing something there. Right. Maybe I am missing that there's 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 only so much time in the day. Right. Uh, you know, oftentimes I'll sit there and I'll go. Uh, when someone will maybe not meet a certain standard, mm -hmm. uh, I'll watch them. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it for myself. And it's not because like I got my eye on You're trying you. to catch them trying to catch them not doing it it's hold on maybe there's truth to that maybe there is truth like you know the machine pumps out x amount of pods per minute there's no way someone can handle doing 70 boxes a minute sometimes an employer can have an unrealistic expectation Correct. of an employee yep. and i've seen you do this i've actually seen you uh fire people without warrant no i've actually <laughs> seen you like I've heard you because we've talked, you always talk about what's going on. Yeah. And I, I, I've heard you tell like, oh, no, listen, um, once I watched what was going on, I had to I had to adjust my expectations yeah. because it, obviously, I, you know, because until you can see all the moving yeah, parts. Adjust the expectation or fix where the, uh, yeah. uh, uh, what's it called? Like the, ah, darn it. Frisbee. I hate you. Squirrel. The bottleneck is. Ah, yes. And I, you know, because. So like, it's easier for me because it may, you know, machinery operating. There's it's it's very linear. It's a very yes. linear type thinking. Measurable. Measurable. Right. Uh, but that it's different in relationships and expectations yeah, for sure. people's individual tasks and, you know, how they should be functioning. And I think it's hard, too, because sometimes, you know, you 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 expect people, maybe not your boss, but you expect people that you're in relationship with to to know you or to at least assume the best before they conclude the worst. And and if they if they jump to that conclusion about you and your what they perceive to be a failure, which may or may not be legit, um, that can be particularly discouraging because you're like, man, I, uh, it's not that I don't see what you're talking about, but there's a lot more to it. And they don't always have all the information yeah. that that's going into it. When, when I'm discouraged, the first thing and, I, and I'm, if I'm being totally honest, the first thing that I do is I go, OK. How is this? How is this real? How is this right? How am I actually to oh, blame for this? Oh, like there's a little truth in everything. 
No, but I asked the question. Because yeah, yeah. there's not well, always a little oh, truth. Yeah, in well, there's always a little truth. There's in not always a little truth. Little truth but I continue. asked the question because so little, there, little could bit be, of truth in there could be truth. In yeah, continue. So you found the truth. And so I'm, oh, if it's there, <laughs> I will find it. Um, and it's also why, you know, when you're discouraged, it's important to talk to people. And not just to talk to people who will like, you know, uh, cheer you on no matter what. Like you need friends that will tell you, no, that, that, that's, yeah, you, you need to do better there. Yeah. You know, just, just because you say you're doing your best, like that can be a cop out. It could be legit and real and you can't do anymore, but it could also just be a cop out. Like you're doing your best. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? You can do better. You actually can do better. And honestly, like I tell you this, and we've talked about this a little bit, um, for years, I would just draw the conclusion I'm not good at X, mm. Y, and Z. Yeah. So I don't bother with it. I'm yeah, not good yeah. at it. I'm not going to improve on it. I'm just going to leave it alone. That's a cop out because my best is failing it. But that's only my best to that point. I can get better. I can yeah. improve in X, Y, and Z and organization and follow up and things like that. So we need to do it. But discouragement, like it happens in relationships, mm -hmm. right? People have expectations and Hopefully you can work through that. Sometimes it's vocational. And then there's the broader culture of, of American life in the 21st century, 2021. It was supposed to be a better year. Yeah, and I think that's where maybe maybe I'm feeling that and maybe others are feeling it. I'm projecting, right? Mm -hmm. um, you do project. I do project. And I, you know what? There's truth in that. Thank you, Joey, for saying that. There's truth in that. There's truth in that. Um, you, we were all told like, or at least we all believe. We all believe, I should say, right? Uh, but even commercials, fine. You know, commercials are like 2020 is going to be you know, done. It's almost done. It's the almost done. Just the get implication through. is it's going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> and for a lot of us, it got worse. I mean, yeah. Well, it, I would say it got worse. Yeah, you know, in even, some ways it did. I mean, even even uh, for those that that voted for Biden, right? Mm. I mean, okay, fine. You know, you're you're the person that you were supporting won. Okay. But we still had a bit of national shame. Yeah. Right. And that that's discouraging. Yeah. There's bad stuff happening, you know. And I mean, it, it just starts off that way. You're thinking 2020 is over. 2021, new year, new beginnings, going to get better. National shame. Yeah. And and we're still. For the record, when you say national shame, you're referring to Joe Biden being elected. So no, we stop it. Stop it. <laughs> you're talking about the Capitol no, Hill. I'm talking yes. about Capitol Hill, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and all those cronies in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> but That's no, a, it was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment, right? Grievous sin. Yeah. And, and and you still have COVID restrictions. You yep. still have, uh, you know, businesses closing that are closing. Family yeah. businesses that are that are no longer here, right? We and have you, crazy political leaders regionally that are doing a lot of damage to a lot of places in various states. Correct. And so, like, you feel the weight of that, and and you feel it. Uh, and I, I don't think this is a, this not necessarily only a ministry thing, but there's a lot of us that have friends and family that are suffering yeah, uh, because of uh, the pandemic. And, and I, I would say, in some regards, the extensive uh, government overreach. Yeah, totally. I totally. And yeah. like you, 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 you feel that for them because you love them mm -hmm. and you're, you're also discouraged with them in that. Yeah. And people are uh, people are down. I mean, listen, and there are a lot of smart um, mental health advocates and counselors are talking about this. We have no idea the mental health repercussions of last year and this year. Like yeah. it's going to be extensive because it has been hard. And I know some of you are probably like, oh, boo hoo, cry me a river, just suck it up. It doesn't work that way, bro mm -hmm. or sis, um, because it, there, there are people that suffer in different ways for different causes and, and for, for different reasons. Th there's going to be a lot of fallout here. It, it 
you may have gotten through this season relatively unscathed, but hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people aren't. Yeah. And they're hurting and they, they, they've lost relationships providentially. It's like they, it's like they, I don't need hugs. Well, I, I don't think I need hugs. That's probably a better way to say it. Did you, you want no, to bring it in? No, all right. Bring it in. Your little arms can't reach anyway. Did you want to bring it in? I'm, listen, um, I'm coming over. Tiny little T-Rex arms. I'm coming over. Don't come over. No, I'm coming over. Here he comes. I don't feel like I need hugs, but I probably do. Here he comes. Here he comes. This teal shirt on. Here he comes. Okay. Pobrecito. Thanks. That's, that's it's nice. Okay, that's, that's, that's nice. That's good. Does this feel good? Yeah. yeah, it feels good. Yeah. Yes. So I don't, I, I, I don't feel like I need it, but I actually know that I do. But there are, but some people actually really, really need a lot more uh, human interaction and relationships and touch than I do. Yeah. And so they're really feeling it. So all like there's a hundred different ways in which people are feeling the weight of our times, you know, especially as Christians, because we see the growing hostility of the state and of our culture mm -hmm. to our faith. Yeah. A lot of reasons to be discouraged in the And so I guess what I want to say on the one hand is if you're discouraged, just know that's okay because that's normal. We're going to be discouraged. Sometimes it's not fair. Sometimes it's totally warranted. In either case, we need to hope beyond the discouragement and find grace to help us through that. Hmm. And like one of the passages of scripture that I think a lot of us go to is Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And yeah, if I'm leaning on my understanding or the understanding of others, mm -hmm. then I am going to be chronically disappointed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's not, or I'll be angry. I'm going to be either disappointed or angry. Those are going to be my two go-tos when I'm relying on my own understanding. Instead, we need to look to the Lord, his word, let the scripture and his truths be the, the lens that allows us to make sense of this world and our situation. Because when we do uh, trust him, when we do acknowledge him, he does make our paths straight or makes straight our paths, meaning mm. he, he gives us the path to walk through the chaos so that we aren't as confused as others. And we, we and even if we are discouraged, we're not defeated. Yeah. And I think about, um, you know, Paul talking about in Second Corinthians 12, how, you know, he, he speaks of his own struggle and his own affliction and how he pleaded with God, pleaded that God would, you know, take it away, which is what we're all praying for in most mm. of our discouragement. I take this away, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. help me out here, Lord. And oftentimes the way that he helps us out is by leaving the affliction in place, but giving us an abundance of grace so that in our weakness, we highlight his strength and his provision. So I think like ground yourself in the word, but I know one thing that you're always talking about is, is you, you, you don't only just ground yourself in the word of God, you have to ground yourself in the people of God. Yeah, and as much as I, I know you and I are, are more geared towards, you know, being introverted, right? Uh, being around others, being around other believers, especially being able to share uh, where I'm at, my heart, my mm. struggles, my frustrations, my joy. Um, yep. uh, like these are, I find it really comforting to when a brother uh, comes alongside. Actually, you know, another brother knew that I was discouraged today. And tried calling me, you know, just 20 minutes ago, just to say, you know, I had an answer 
But I know what they're calling to find out is, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. How's it going? You know, um, and that 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 means a lot. Yeah, that means a lot when uh, a, a believer comes alongside and takes time to just check in and say, where are you at? Right. The, to, to know that they care, to know that they're thinking about you and praying for you yeah. actually does matter. And I also find, and, and you, you see this across the board in all kinds of even non-Christian cultures and environments, when you can help somebody else, you wind up feeling better. You derive strength from that. So like when you begin to pour into somebody else and lift them up, you do, uh, your, your own countenance is lifted. So when you go to your small group or you're going to church and you're actually investing in other people, even just conversationally and paying attention, and when you speak words of grace to them, you not only lift their countenance by checking in with them, you not only make them feel better, but by participating in their health, you are made strong. I'm always concerned when people start to pull away yeah, from the body. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing, like, uh, maybe, maybe, okay. <sighs> Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose a question here. Okay. Because I don't know if this is true or not. I, I don't have, I, I, I see it in my life, mm -hmm. but I don't know if this is in others' lives, you know? But I do find when I get discouraged and I lack uh, studying God's word and, and I lack prayer, I begin to isolate and pull away from others. Yeah. So I guess that's, to me, it, it, it's, a, it's a warning sign when someone pulls away from community that there's other aspects, there's other means of grace that they have laxed in. Yeah, it, it can, it can, at the, okay, I, I would say it this way. At the very least, it's the first step in distance your, distancing yourself from the means of grace because even if that's the, even if that's the first thing to go, let's say you're still reading your Bible and praying, you've just removed one of the means of grace, mm -hmm. the fellowship of the saints, uh, where you hear the word and see the word and all of that. And now it, it sets a precedent to continue to withdraw. Uh, though in, in see for me it's number three yeah but but for for me as well that's not usually the first thing that goes mm. but also it's also my job like I'm it's part of my calling is to be around mm. people mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a little bit different but I would say that yeah it is a it's it's always a bad sign and and it doesn't mean that they're that they're thinking it doesn't even mean that they're thinking bad thoughts at that point or that they're intentionally like I'm gonna blow off this these people it, some by Felicia yeah it's like there might be different reasons there might be just be so hurt and wounded. Their their self defense mechanism is I'm just going to withdraw to heal up, and that's how I think, right? I'm just going to withdraw, heal up, be by myself. And there's there certainly is a place to withdraw and be alone. Jesus did that, yeah, but not in terms of isolating yourself from community because you will only hurt yourself. You've got to be out. You got to. You want to see God at work? I don't know if that's only hurting yourself because you're also hurting them. No, I I don't mean that you're not hurting anybody else. I mean there is no good. There you go. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. If you want to see God at work, then you got to be in the church and you got to be around the people because you're going to see God at work in all these people. I was at a small group uh, last night and uh, we had to cancel church services uh, because of the mm -hmm. snowpocalypse. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have any church services, which we never really do, but we're not in our own building. So and, things and are that, weird. There's a, there's a other logistical aspects of, yeah. of it that if it was our building, we would have been. Yeah. Full on, yeah. If, but because if you can't now, make it, don't. But but now we're asking volunteers to come out during the snow thing, yeah, yeah. snow apocalypse, because you can only go at a certain time. Yep. And it was the heavy time. Yeah, it was just it was too much, so we canceled it. So we met for small group, and um, oh, and you know who came? Who's that? The cooks. 
Oh, nice. Good. Yeah, wonderful. They, they joined us. So, um, awesome people. So, anyways, so our, our so we had a good small group and we hung out and, you know, we had food and snacks mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we got together and we just started talking about what's going on in our lives, praying. And then we had a discussion. Uh, and what one of the things that's always a real encouragement to me is to hear how other people are processing um, their struggles and their victories, Their to hear their praises. Like, I'm not, I don't get jealous when I hear, um, the Deerkins, for example, uh, like say, like, hey, you know what? God's been really good to us. Mm-hmm. We don't really have any dire prayer requests or struggles right now. We're just thankful for what God has provided for us. That makes me rejoice. I'm like, wow, that look yeah. at quick what God has done for them to protect them during this time when so many people are hurting. And I actually happen to know that they've gone through the ringer in the past. So yeah. <laughs> good. I'm glad yeah. that they've got some uh, reprieve right here. So some people are doing like they're they're experiencing peace. Other people are experiencing sorrow and heartbreak but they're looking to God in the midst of it. Mm. We're seeing people like persevere through struggles, learning new things, God providing for them in, in terms of their vocations or sustaining them in the midst of you know not having what they should have in this life. Seeing what God is doing is a big encouragement because it, sometimes it's, maybe most of the time, it's easier to see what God is doing in other people's lives than in your life because you're so close to your own stuff, it's kind of yeah. hard to see the growth or whatever. But when you're looking at other people, you're like, you can actually see like, wow, look at that. That's mm. that's awesome. So you got to be around those people, especially if you're discouraged. I mean, you, you, you're you not going to thrive on your own. No, not at all. If you're providentially hindered, then God will sustain you. That's different. You. There's, that, yeah. there's, a, there's a difference You get stuck there. on an island with Wilson and, uh, <laughs> and you got nothing but Wilson and a raft and a locket of your wife who's probably married to some other dude now. Uh, it's on Hank's movie. Um, <laughs> then God will sustain you. Of course, that movie was more atheistic. There was no God, no prayer. Mm-hmm. Nothing. But anyway, the point is, um, God will sustain the Christian in those providential hindrances, but you are self-sabotaging and you isolate yourself. Yeah, so yeah. to all those who are discouraged, including Jimmy, including me, don't isolate. Cling to the Lord, read the word, and get with other believers, and he will sustain you. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast at the store, JoFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. We got video content and mm-hmm. all access get that all access you got your kid rock comes in <laughs> you got your banter of truth and your weekday wisdom later <laughs> <laughs>